haven't sat down in a while. I uh, forgot how low this is. This is the stool that the, some of the guys thought it'd be amusing to take a half inch off the legs every week till I realized they were doing it. So it used to be, you know, about this much taller and they, they cut a half inch off the legs every week during the week and it, kept, it took probably three, four Sundays for me to, me to notice. And I sat it down and this was, I was like, I can't see my wife. Hey. Um, I won't be seated for long. I know that I won't. Um, I did a good job for about two years of sitting on the stool because of COVID and cameras and stuff like that. But uh, it's not that I'm not excited every Sunday and I should be as excited as I am. But I, I, I think I'm excited today because um, during, during my walks and during my time of Hard 75, I, I was listening to several books that, that just rocked my world. But a few chapters of this particular book just blew my mind and they began to, to rise up in me, uh, a, a re- renewed, not new, renewed passion. And they began to rise up in me a, a new or renewed challenge. And there is so much in what we're going to be talking about, looking at how God's going to process this out. I don't have the map yet. I just know the launch point. All right. I know the launch point and I know the things that we'll be talking about. I do not know the order. I know that they are going to run into small groups next fall. I know that. I know exactly how they're going to play out into our small group season next semester. And I have some super fun, but super difficult, super challenging ideas for our church family that will be, um, um, what will they be? They will be, they will be challenges and um, they will be offered to everyone, but they won't be for everyone. They will be things you, you know, your mission should you choose to accept it kind of things, all right? To, to see how strong <coughs> and how, how fun our faith can be. So um, I'm excited if it, if it gets uh, you know, out of control or they need to turn the volume down, that's fine. But as always, we have to pinpoint ourselves uh, in, into the scriptures, okay? I was telling our Coffee and Covenant folks this morning and, and we did have, have several families at Coffee and Covenant today, which is, 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 is fantastic. And uh, so um, I was telling them, um, we always want to focus in on the scriptures and I don't want to teach topics. If it's necessary, I will, right? If there's something that has to be addressed, I will address it. But what we want to do for the most part is not have a topic and go find scriptures to go with it or tell a story and find scriptures to back it up. No, 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 no. We want to go to the scriptures and we want to move forward. And in that way, our church does do that right, okay? We can, we can do this. Our church does do that right. I mean, 85 weeks in Luke, come on, we're, 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 we're there. But we're not there. But we're not there. And that's what today's about. We do a lot of good things. And if we do a lot of good things for a few more years, we'll look just like we are. And rather than learn it a few years from now, I'm thankful that God has lightened me up on it now, right? Now when we're on the precipice, and we are, If you doubt that we are on the precipice of of some kind of spiritual and growth and numerical explosion, if you doubt that, uh, this place is not for you, all right? Because we're on the precipice, all right? Some people are catching on. New people are grabbing hold. And, 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 And... Greater things are yet to come. We're, all, we're on the precipice. So stand there, look out, wait for it. See, God, God's saying, yeah, boy, the thunder rolls. I'm telling you. There's your, I'm getting up now. 
Acts chapter 2. Probably the fifth, maybe sixth time in my three, four months away from 10 years here. I've almost been here a decade. Yeah, I know. What am I doing? They devoted themselves. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, fellowship, communion, and prayer. And everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold their property and their possessions to give to anyone who had a need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread together in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of the people. And the Lord, and the Lord, and the Lord, not the preacher, not the worship pastor, not the lights and the sound and the fog and the lasers, not the kids ministry or the student ministry, the Lord added to their number they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship and the breaking of bread, were filled with all at what he was doing. They came together. They sold their possessions to give. And every day they met in the temple courts and they praised God. And God added to their number daily. Can I ask you a question? Um, let's just say that... that you know, I, I learned to preach better, okay? And my salary went up. <laughs> and I could afford to go to a really, really nice restaurant for the first time, like a really nice restaurant, right? Let's just say that I felt like I could do that and, and I could take my family too. I could take my wife, okay? And I, I know what she likes and I could take my son and, and I know what he likes. And, and I think that's important because Tay's a diabetic, right? All right, and I know what's going on there and I, I can take Nug and we know what she will eat off our plates. And here's what I do. I know exactly how, it's, a, it's gonna be a steakhouse, right? And I know exactly how I'm gonna order my steak. I know what cut I want. All you sinners that want filet, you need to pray. <laughs> my wife included. That no marbled, no fatty piece of soft meat. You need some ribeye or some New York strip. Can I get an amen? All right, so I'm gonna order me a, a, a thick ribeye. Rib, ribeye. Ribeye. It's a Southern ribeye, all right? Medium rare, cause come on. Maybe medium, but no, probably not. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm gonna order exactly what I need. My wife's gonna order a filet, medium rare, all right? We're gonna order Taya steak and, and he's gonna get whatever kind he wants and we're gonna move away from the starches cause too hard to count, all right? But he's gonna get some broccoli cause he likes it and we place our order, right? We know exactly what we want and why we want it for our family, okay? In about 15 minutes, out of the kitchen comes this line of 
impeccably dressed penguin looking guys singing songs with all of this flair, carrying these plates. And they sit down three plates of this intense white wine laced, cream covered lobster ravioli, all right? With this beautiful handmade tagliatelle pasta, all right, on it. And this they, they're popping open this $300 bottle of white wine that they're going to pour in our glasses, all right? And they explain to me, that they know what I asked for, but the chef adores our family and wants us to have this. How are we going to feel? What are we going to say? I'm going to say, well, that's not what I. My son doesn't, doesn't eat pasta and he's diabetic. Oh, oh, but that's okay. You will give him more insulin. There's a way to cover it because the chef knows. Oh but it's not what I. Let me ask you a question. Just, just randomly, and I, I actually would like for you to answer. What are some things that when you are church hopping, when you are sitting at home, what are some things that you look for in a church? Does anybody want to tell me some things you look for in a church? A strong children's ministry. What else? A pastor that preaches the, the scriptures, preferably in a way people can understand. A, a, a strong Bible study program. A church that is welcoming. Should be. God, does God call you to that place? Does this look like a decent list? How'd I do? Some people want that cafe. If you don't believe me, walk into any church over a thousand people within 20 miles of here. Does this, does this do it? I need a strong children's ministry, a strong student ministry, an all-inspiring all teaching, worship style and quality. I, if this doesn't do it, this was, this was a list that I made. How about we go to the 2021 research from the top guy at the Southern Baptist Convention who interviewed church people across the country and asked them what they were looking for. Let's look at that list. Quality of sermon, 78%. Dang, I don't, there's no pressure. By far and away, 78%. Welcoming. These are the order they came in. Worship style. Location. Education. Friends, family who were members and opportunities to serve. Okay? I'm gonna show you another list. Do you ever think that God looks down on us and go, but that's not what I ordered. Nobody said ravioli was bad, did they? Nobody said white wine cream sauce was bad, did they? Nobody said that the chef didn't know how to cook, did they? Nobody said that the service was bad, did it? 
but it's not what I ordered. It actually might taste great and also might kill my kid. Let me put this a different way. If there were a thousand people in a church and we said we were going to cut this list or cut this list, which one would have more people left in church? Hundred percent, hundred percent. This church is going to keep people in it. This church is going to be what God wants. Which one do we want to be? I am not saying for a moment that I don't love worship. I love worship, okay? But worship has become something that we then dissect and dissect some more and we make it about preference and not about person. Teaching has become something that if a man teaches the Bible, sticks to the scripture, dissects it theologically, wholeheartedly, and by the Holy Spirit, but it's monotone, or it doesn't come with a poem, or it doesn't come with a fancy illustration, we're going to go somewhere else, not because the word is rightly taught, but because it's boring. But here's the thing. If you sat in a place where what they did was they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, fellowship, communion, and prayer, and then thousands were added to their number that day, and they were all inspired by miracles and signs, can you say that's boring? No, here's what's happened. We stopped doing what God asked us to do. We had to find ways to make all inspiring come from us and from technical things and from things we plug in and from ways we have to do things and from books we have to read. And then we had to jump from one book to the next book to the next book to the next book. I can walk you through how it went down from experiencing God to the prayer of Jabez to uh, radical to crazy love. I can tell you you're doing it. And we forgot that Habakkuk and Jeremiah and Isaiah was all we needed. And now, if there aren't lights and laser shows, if there isn't fog, if you can't scan your kid's retina and have a slip and slide down into the kid's ministry, it's not for you. And God's up there going, what church? That's not what I ordered. Let me put it to you a different way. So I said, I say to Jamie, hey, Jamie, you know what I want to do? I want to give you a 
an incredible birthday party. And I want you, uh, at your birthday party, we're gonna, do, um, we're gonna do cake. That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna have your birthday party. We're gonna have cake, all right? How many of your friends do you think, do you think might come? Well, maybe a dozen, it'd be great, right? That'd be great, right? Here's what we're gonna do, babe. We, 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 we gotta do better. Let's rent out main event and let's pay for it. Let's rent out main event and let's pay for it. We're gonna pay for their meal. We're gonna pay for all their games. We're gonna pay for that. How many people are showing up now? Hundreds, 200. And so we do that. We do that, right? We do all of those things. And about halfway through the party, my wife's sitting at a table over there with two or three people who are really talking and paying attention to her. And I say, babe, look at all of these people who came out for you. What's she gonna say back to me? They're, they're, not, they're not here for me, they're here for this. What are you here for? Is it my preaching that's doing it for you? Is peace worship that's doing it for you? Nice old church building that makes you feel a little more comfortable, a little more churchy than the chairs? We're small enough size, that doing it for you? I wonder if God's looking down here and going, sounds pretty, not for me. Looks great. Look how many people we had today, Jesus, for you. No, she was here because she was here. She was here because mom made her come. She was here because she likes the worship. They were here because they liked the teaching. I, in fact, it, I, I struggled to find anybody today who was there for me. Church, we don't do a bad job, right? We're not doing a good job. This doesn't change in a week. Over the next, over the next few weeks, months, this is where we're going. Well, Craig, if you switch these lists, you may lose some people. How, is there a loving way to say good riddance? I mean, I got a lot of amens and a lot of people yesing and knowing until the battle starts. Till it's a member of your family that walks out. Till it's you. This is where we're going. And there's a word that gets left out. No, 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 don't get me wrong. These, these are the words that matter. And I want to do these things majestically. I want to do these things in all things, whether in word or deed, do them all for the glory of God. Wait, 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 not for the glory of mom and dad, mind you, for the glory of God. Yes, our kids' ministry needs to be safe. Yes, our kids' ministry needs to have some hype to it, some joy in it, but it should glorify God, not mommy. It should satisfy the Lord, not the parent. 
I want the reading of scripture to be accurate. I want it to be understandable. It needs to have a microphone behind it sometimes. It needs to have music with it sometimes. Music is what it is because of the rhythm that it rises and falls on. And rhythm is what we're made of. It reaches into our soul. But I am praying and begging and thinking on the depths of what it looks like to have a team of people who want to connect so deeply with God and pray so deeply with God that they together cover our services from a, from a room, from a closet. And it happens weekly even daily. I am praying for a church that just can't wait for the next communion to come along. Used to, listen, when I was a kid, I couldn't wait for communion. Had nothing to do with God. Everything to do with a short sermon and snacks. Anybody else? White tablecloth is out there. Sermon goes from 25 minutes to 15 minutes and you get an appetizer. You laugh but there's, some, there's a depth of truth to that. Let me, give you, let me give you an analogy that's not as strong, but that's the same. A certain song ever come on during worship and you go, mm! not about Jesus, about the song. Don't get mad. You're allowed to love a song, but am I wrong? Ain't nobody in here looking at that list and going, I want to get on all of that. Nobody because confession and repentance will run everybody away. We're going here. But today's sermon is about one word. Proscarta Reo. Proscarta Reo. You gotta say it like that because that little bunny thing he's on the top of the last one Prescatoreo. translation to stand ready to be devoted to be constant to be continual to be given over to marriage that blessed arrangement given over to let me read these words again before we, before we move on so that you'll understand where we're going. Standing ready. When I'm called, no distractions, no nothing else. I don't say, wait a minute. Jesus, let me go say goodbye to my mother. And my, no. Standing ready. Devoted. Constant. I serve. When it's not inconvenient when there's not a reason I need to call in that I could have looked around, but I didn't want to. That's not devoted. That's not constant and continuous. That's on your time. You can lift your feet up if that hurt. Steadfast, that means unwavering. Given over to. The difference in Hey, we stick to the scripture. Hey, we, we do communion. All of these things are true. Hey, we pray. Hey, we're really good at the fellowship thing, right? Hey, we, we give some money. We got, we got widows. We got people in our home. We got, orphan, you know, we, 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 we got a lot of foster families. We, we do good. 
They devoted. They proskotereoed. They were steadfast. They were driven. They constantly, they were given over to the apostles' teachings, the public reading of scripture, giving sacrificially, serving the orphans and the widows. They were devoted, devoted, Webster, loving, loyal, given over to, to study, display, to be a part of the mission of, okay? What is steadfast, resolute, dutiful, firm, unwavering. Let me step on a few more toes. I have the opportunity to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I love Jesus. And I really, 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 really want to go to the beach today. Well, that's wavering, not unwavering. They were devoted to the apostles' teachings. The apostles' teachings took priority. When they weren't teaching, they did those things. Devoted to sacrificial giving. Totally glad to give when there's not something else I need or want to purchase. I promise you, your needs and wants aren't in line with God's needs and wants. He doesn't ask you to do something that he won't provide for you to do. But you're not unwavering. You're not devoted. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Steve Celine calls it tipping, not tithing. Thanks for watching my babies. That hurt your toes, lift them up. God asks for things from the church. Until I come, devote yourself. Be unwavering in the public reading of scripture, preaching and teaching. It doesn't come when we get a chance. It is the thing that comes first. People ask me all the time, why are you? I mean, right now, 1.7 Sundays per month. If you interview Christians across America, 1.7 Sundays a month makes you your membership solid. You're devoted. I call baloney. Baloney. Well, you don't get to call anything. Yes, I do. I'm standing here. You're standing there. Your choice. I'm unwavering today. As the rain and the snow come from heaven and do not return without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So it is my word that goes out from my mouth and it will not return to me empty. I will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. If we stick to the scripture and that is what goes out, God says blatantly, I'm gonna bring forth not what you want, what I want and what I want it's way bigger than what you want. I'd like to ask if you believe that. You would nod your head, but are you devoted, steadfast, unwavering, constant, and consistent in it? You are star of the badminton team. Yes, you are. Every one of you, every one of you knows how to get a birdie and it has nothing to do with golf. 
and your coach comes to you and he says, you know what I need from you? I need unwavering commitment. I need you to show up for 1.7 practices a month. And you, you will be a champion. You, you will be a winner. You can miss two and a half practices a month, but I need you at one and a half. Unwavering. 52 opportunities a year to be with God. 365 days a year to spend morning, noon, and night with God. You and I don't understand unwavering. We laugh at the snowflakes, but we made them. All scripture is God-breathed and it is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. We love that. Man, I love that scripture is God-breathed. I love being trained. Do not rebuke me. I'll take three-fourths of that one, God. I'm unwavering. Well, if you'll do that, the servant of God will be thoroughly equipped for every good work. How many times have I heard this? I don't think I'm up to it. I don't, I don't think I'm spiritual enough. I don't think I'm equipped. Can I tell you why you're not? You're not in the word, period. I have failed. You may sing the show Arrow. Anybody? Oh man, the line, you have failed this city. That's what he says to all the bad people. Well, point your fingers at me. For 10 years, I have failed this church in this. Devote, blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of the prophecy and blessed are those who hear it and take heart in what is written because the time is near. One of the things that causes God's blessings to fall on us is simply opening the word and getting it out publicly. Just speak words of, of and, and, and Cassandra's great. She reminds me of this without reminding me of this. Man, I love it when you speak scripture over us. I love it when you get on that train and you just start and the, the scriptures just come out. Yeah, I love it too because it brings power. I don't have power. The word has power. But this says, those who read aloud the words of his prophecy will be blessed and those who hear it will take it to heart. I wonder if people aren't being saved in bigger numbers because we're relying on tracks, t-shirts, and formulas instead of just saying, here's what it says without helping it. I'm foaming. After they played the bass guitar. No, no, no. After they sang the most powerful praise. No, no. After they had a hundred people. No. After they saw a miracle. No. After they prayed, the place was shaken. When was the last time the place shook? When was the last time the place shook? I hope it's shaken since then, but it did shake then. And they were all filled with the Spirit. Now, now I, I give, you know, it still says Baptist out front, so we're we, we pretty scared of that. 
but we shan't be. The Holy Spirit is the way by which all of this occurs through us. It is not you that have the power, but he has given you the power, the love and the self-discipline when he sent the Holy Spirit upon you and then you will be my witnesses. And it is that that unleashes the authority of heaven and earth. And they were all filled and spoke the word of God. What? Boldly. Well, Craig, it's a little scary to speak the word of God boldly, probably because you're not filled. What happens when you fill something all the way up and then keep trying? Ha! What if we didn't just learn to speak? What if it just came out? How do you make it just come out? Get full and keep reading. That's one of my mistakes as a leader. I get full and then I ride like a gas can until I realize I'm gonna run out of gas. Then I start reading again. My wife said something to me last night. She said, you start that book yet? I was like, no, because I changed my routine. I used to get on the treadmill and walk and now I've gotten into where I'm doing the weights and the free stuff and then getting to real quick cardio at the end and I can't read doing, you know, burpees. Hard to read doing a burpee. Hurts my wrist too. And I don't want to listen to some things. I want to be disciplined to read those things. I mean, you know you can get James Earl Jones to read the New Testament to you, man. Darth Vader, come on. For God so loved the world. You know, that, but it's not the same. Jesus, I am your father. Okay. (laughs) This is a message version of one of these verses that I just read. Like he has given us his word to lead us, to guide us, to direct us. Not only is he given us his word to do a work outside of us, but he has given us his word to penetrate the depths of who we are and transform us from the inside out. Listen to me. This is a decision you must make, but it's not just a decision. You guys make decisions all the time. I am going to lose weight. That's a decision, right? Well, here are the steps you have to take to lose weight. Mm, I'll take this one and this one, but the rest of those I ain't gonna do. You ain't gonna lose weight. And if you do, it's coming back. Somebody walks into Miss Deb's office, got diabetes, needs some insulin. She says, I need you to give yourself four shots every day. I need it to be count to 10, 10 units. And, you know, then I need you to not eat these things and eat these things. I'll do the four shots, but I'm going to eat whatever I want. I can't help you. I can't help you. Well, I want to eat those things. I get it. I want you to eat those things. I want you to enjoy the beach, the lake. I want you to enjoy the sports. I want you to have money. God wants it more than I do. But he says, if you'll walk down this path, you will have more than you could ever ask for or imagine. The problem is not that you don't want it. The problem is not that God won't do it. The problem is we're not devoted and he can't fulfill. He's not going to give it just cause. If you, then he. We're going there. Buckle up. Let's pray.
God with great power comes great responsibility. With, with great conviction uh, comes, comes great authority. But with that authority to, come, comes, comes, comes uh, great anxiety. <laughs> so God, my prayer, my prayer is for discernment. My prayer is for um, courage. My prayer is for hope. My prayer is for power. My prayer is for peace. And I know that every single one of those things comes through the Holy Spirit, through Jesus Christ, and in alive, is alive in your word. Make me. Make me first. Bring discernment in me. God, send your Holy Spirit and fire up two or three dads. Fire up several teens. Fire up a mama. Fire something up, God. Stir a fire in me. Let the flames burn free. Burn away the dross. Holy fire of God, do these things in us and you can then do things through us. Oh God, I'm looking around the corner and I can't wait. Make it happen. In Jesus' name, amen.